You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From August the 16th, 2020 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. The text is 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. And he looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. Well, I have to confess something this morning. I'm a little, a little tired this morning. Didn't get much sleep. Insomnia. Anybody else deal with insomnia? A few people. I wonder why they call it insomnia instead of resisting arrest. You like that one? I think tossing and turning should be considered exercise, don't you? about the only exercise I'm getting lately, tossing and turning. I got several reps in last night. But you know, pastors, we're not the only ones who suffer from insomnia. Do you know nuns can suffer from insomnia too? In fact, you know what they call a a nun who sleepwalks? A Roman Catholic. (laughs) Raylene, I asked you to laugh out loud. She's just kind of (laughs) groaning. All, right, all jokes aside, I don't really deal with a lot of insomnia. I can, I'm pretty good at sleep. I can actually sleep with my eyes closed. Okay, I'm over. It's over. It's over. No more. No more. Today in our scripture lesson, we meet someone who's pretty tired, exhausted, so weary he's ready to simply give it all up and die. His name is Elijah. Wait a minute. Elijah? 
Elijah isn't Elijah the one that was with Moses and Jesus on top of the Mount of Transfiguration? That Elijah? Yeah. Elijah from Old Testament fame, one of the greatest prophets to ever live? That Elijah? Yes, that Elijah. So the backstory goes something like this. You may remember this part of the story where um, the people of Israel had turned their back on the God of Abraham and Isaac and, and Jacob, and they've turned to Baal worship. And there's an evil queen kind of leading the church. Her name is Jezebel, and she's kind of instituted Baal worship as the national religion. And she's having all the prophets of Yahweh slaughtered. Elijah has survived so far, but his life is on the line, and bravely he approaches her husband, King Ahab, and says, tell you what, let's, let's have a little contest between Baal and Yahweh, and whichever God wins, then the people will worship that God. And King Ahab agrees to this, and so the 450 prophets of Baal and the lone prophet of Yahweh, Elijah, they climb up to the Mount uh, the top of Mount Carmel. And here's how the contest goes. Elijah says, tell you what, we'll build two altars, one for Baal and one for Yahweh, and we'll slaughter an animal. They did animal sacrifice back then, right? So we'll slaughter an animal. And whichever God rains down fire upon the sacrifice, that will be the God that the people will worship. So that's the contest, right? And so the prophets of Baal go first. There's 450 of them, and they build their altar, and they put their animal down on the altar, and then they pray to Baal, and nothing happens. And so they begin dancing. Dance, I, I won't dance for you. <laughs> Thank you for that. They begin dancing around the altar, and nothing happens. And so they, they get sharp objects and begin cutting themselves and bleeding for Baal to set fire to this altar. And nothing happens. Morning turns to noon. Noon turns to afternoon. Afternoon turns to evening. And what? Nothing happens. So now it's Elijah's turn. And he builds an altar and places the animal there. And just for good measure, and maybe a little bit of showboating, he takes 12 jars of water and pours it on the altar, drenching the sacrifice and the entire altar. And Elijah offers a prayer to Yahweh, and what happens? Bam! Fire! And the people immediately begin to worship Yahweh. And then, just for good measure, Elijah has the 450 prophets of Baal slaughtered. Which makes someone very unhappy. Remember her name, Queen Jezebel. She's not happy to have her 450 prophets slaughtered. So she sends word to Elijah that I'm going to have your head on a stick if it's the last thing I do. So Elijah is terrified. And he runs, and he runs, and he runs far into the desert until he finds himself exhausted and alone and terrified, and he can't make it any further, and he takes shelter underneath a broom tree. 
and he prays that God would just take his life. He's done. He's over. Now, imagining Elijah there under the broom tree, just uh, on the edge of death, ready to die, it reminds me of a scene from one of my favorite movies, The Lord of the Rings. Did you see that trilogy? And the scene is from the very last of the trilogy, the last in the series. There's a a hero in the story, the Lord of the Rings. He's an unexpected hero, a little, little guy, a little hobbit by the name of Frodo Baggins. And it's Frodo's job to save Middle Earth by taking the evil ring that wields so much power and casting it into the Mount of Doom. And so he and his faithful companion, Sam Weiss, Sam, they're on this epic journey to throw this ring into Mount Doom. And they've been through so much. And finally, in this particular scene I'm thinking about, we see Frodo emaciated, exhausted, lying down, unable to go any further. They're parched. He and Sam are parched. And, and Sam is lying, or, or Frodo is lying on this bed of like sulfur rock. And we see Sam tenderly holding his friend Frodo. And Sam is trying to coax Frodo into going on. And he says, remember the Shire? Remember they're, they're planting the, the wheat in the fields Frodo, do you remember the taste of of strawberries and cream? And all Frodo can think of is the evil power of the ring that he carries. So you've got Elijah under the broom tree, ready to die. And you've got Frodo on the burning pile of rock being held by his friend Sam. He can't go on. And let me ask you, where are you in these stories? Now, maybe you're not, you're not being chased by an evil queen who wants your head on a stick, and maybe you're not climbing a mount uh, of rock, of sulfur rock, lying there ready to die. But if everything I'm reading and experiencing is, is real, as a people, we are weary. That's a word I keep hearing a lot these days, weary. We're, we're weary people. In fact, just this week, the CDC um, put out a study that had been done recently about uh, mental health issues related to COVID-19 and, and, and all the measures that we've taken to try to prevent its spread. Did you know that 41% of Americans are dealing with mental health issues related to COVID-19? 41%. That's, that's a lot of you and, and me. Did you know that about a third of respondents to the survey were dealing with uh, increased depression and anxiety? 13% had increased substance abuse, which is why we've allowed AA to continue meeting even during lockdown. 26% experiencing trauma or stress-related symptoms. Here's what the CDC is saying. The prevalence of symptoms of anxiety was approximately three times those reported during the same time period last year. As a people, we are, we are weary. And so you have Elijah praying for death and hunted by a crazy, mad, vindictive queen. And there he is lying under the broom tree, falling asleep, ready to die. And then an angel of the Lord taps him on the shoulder. Wake up, Elijah. You need to eat. Here's fresh baked bread and some cool water for your tongue. Eat, Elijah, eat. 
And Elijah eats the bread and, and drinks the water, and then he falls back asleep. And, and again, the angel appears to Elijah. Wake up, Elijah. You need to eat, for the journey is long. And so here's your fresh-baked bread, and here's your water. And so Elijah ate and drank. And it says that he, on the, on the sustenance of that food, was ready to proceed for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Horeb. And there we have Frodo lying on a sulfur burning pile of sulfur rock, his, his friend Sam holding him tenderly, and his friend Sam trying to rouse him to, to help him remember the shire and the strawberries. Do you remember the strawberries, Frodo? Frodo doesn't remember. He's only taken in by the power of the evil ring, and Sam, recognizing that Frodo can't go on, Sam says to his friend Frodo, Mr. Frodo, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. And, and Sam picks Frodo up, puts him over his shoulder, and begins the painful walk up the Mount of Doom. In the same way, God meets us when we feel weak. Everyone longs for a friend like Sam who will pick us up and throw us over his shoulder and, and carry us. We long for that kind of friend and we forget that perhaps the bigger message there is that we should all be that kind of friend. You see, when we are weak, we need those around us to pick us up. And when we're feeling just a little stronger, Sam was also hungry and tired and exhausted. But yet he mustered what strength he could to throw Frodo over his shoulder and carry him up the mountain. When we're strong, we carry others. When we are weak, we need others to carry us. That's how it goes. That's, that's part of being a part of this big human family. Messy and beautiful, rich and troubled. This week I was talking with Barb Jones, Barb who we prayed for earlier with her diagnosis. Barb was, like she does, she tells stories. She was telling me, so if you're watching Barb, I'm talking about you. You gave me permission, right? So Barb was telling me about what was happening to her, and then she started thinking about, oh, I miss church so much. I was just, that's my goal. That's my recovery goal and my treatment is I just want to get back to church. I said, that's a good goal, Barb. She said, but I've been watching you online. I was like, that's, that's great, Barb. She said, <clears throat> and then she started telling me about <clears throat> a few years ago before I came to the church about when her husband, Tom, was sick. And Tom apparently had a beautiful voice. I bet some of you remember Tom Jones singing. Uh, I never got to hear Tom Jones sing, but I understand he had a beautiful voice. That he sat by you, right, Jared? Tom could sing, and, and when Tom got too sick, he couldn't sit in the choir and sing anymore, so they would sit out in the, in the pews. And Tom would be too weak to stand, and, and, and there behind him were Tom and Andy Whipple. And she told me how Tom Whipple would, would kind of help Tom Jones stand when it was time to stand. And then she told me about when Tom died, that Tom and Andy said, Barbara, you're going to sit with us now. And so she did. And that's their pew ever since then. And that, that, that's the swaying pew, you know, the one that, that does this number during the final song. And she told me how when she was watching the service and she saw Tom and Andy sitting there in their pew, how, how it gave her inspiration and hope and, and joy to see Tom and Andy in their pew. And I... <clears throat> Tom's had his share of issues this past year. He's been in the hospital. 
It took him a while to recover, but, but Tom was there in that pew and Andy sitting beside him, and without them even knowing, giving strength and inspiration to their dear friend, Barb Jones. Just like a broom tree. In the right place at the right time. Just doing what it does. Giving shelter to Elijah in need. You see, sometimes we're weak and we need others to carry us and sometimes we're just a little stronger and maybe we can lift someone up just by being in the right place at the right time, doing what we do. So my friends, you feeling a little stronger than the next guy? You know what you gotta do, right? Gotta lift them up. And my friends, if you're feeling weak, all right. Even Elijah was under the broom tree. Maybe we can carry you. I close today with a poem that, that I wrote because I couldn't find one that fit. I'm calling it, Come Sit in My Shade. Come sit in my shade, said the broom tree. Weary was I from the battle, from the loneliness, from the threats, from the fear, from the journey. Come, rest in my shade, said the broom tree. Hungry was I for safety, for strength, for respect, for companionship, for peace. Come, shelter in my shade, said the broom tree. Needy was I for rest, for healing, for Nurture for tenderness, for love. Little did I know that God was there. Little could I see the bounty set before me. Little could I imagine the healing I would find underneath the broom tree. And in the shade and in the rest and in the shelter, strength and hope and love. And now, I have become the broom tree for another weary, hungry, needy soul. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.